Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes and discover real facts about the amazing people who brought the shows to life. I'm Jessica, IMDb Maven, and the person who reads everything in a theater program. And I'm Jacob, writer, producer, and senior lead detective, Logic Cop Investigations. Whoop, whoop. Each week, we watch a show and try to immediately guess who done it without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. Then we spoil everything. We not only tell you who did it, but also who made it. And since watching TV is always better with friends, tell us your guesses, scores, and will actuallys at Cluedunit on Twitter and Facebook and Cluedunit Podcast on Instagram. All right, let's find out. Who was right? Who was wrong? And who is dead? We tell you everything while knowing nothing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and we keep score. Yeah, we do keep score for no good reason. Because <laughs> what, what good is a game without a keeping score? So yeah. we keep score. And because we're competitive. <laughs> <laughs> that too. So that's the description of our podcast. That's Today, we are going to be watching the show Psych. Psych. <laughs> we're going to be watching season two, episode six, Psych. Very interesting. Premiered in 2006 on USA Networks, and it ran for eight seasons until 2014. And I watched none of them. I did not watch Me any of them either. when they came out. I heard about it so much and just never watched it. We had friends who watched it. We yeah. did not. 121 episodes. Jeez, that um, is a lot of episodes. Plus 121 episodes, plus two TV movies. One in 2017 and another in 2020. This movie was, really? this show was freaking popular. 2020? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So for the people like us who haven't seen this show, <laughs> the, the long line is uh, a novice sleuth, Sean Spencer. Is, novice sleuth does not even begin to do him justice. I'm okay. sorry. Please go on. Okay. Is hired by the Santa Barbara Police Department after he cons them into thinking he has psychic powers. Yes. Which help solve crimes. With the assistance of his reluctant best friend, Burton, or Gus Guster, a pharmaceutical rep, the two take on a series of complicated cases. So a little background, which is not shared in this uh, logline, is that during his childhood, Sean developed a remarkable talent for noticing and remembering the tiniest details. Okay, this show is absolutely a modern-day ripoff, comedic ripoff of Sherlock Holmes. You have a consulting detective. Sherlock Holmes was not on the force. He was just a consulting detective. He's a consulting detective, even if he's positioned himself as a consulting psychic. His friend, the Dr. Watson character, isn't a doctor, but he is a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical salesman. But he he's is, got a he's he got is, an antagonist police officer who doesn't yes. like him and doesn't think he's any good, but begrudgingly respects him. This is totally this. They totally I, took Sherlock Holmes. Okay, well, I was misled. Yeah, you're right. I guess I was misled because yes, that is a. I I, I have watched a lot of Sherlock. I, I'm not a dumbass. The character Sean Spencer is such a rake, and he he's doesn't very much, a and rake. he doesn't lord. His talents over anybody, unlike oh, Sherlock yeah. Holmes, right. who is he's, a complete, I mean, especially the Benedict Cumberbatch version and, and the elementary version. Like, he's a crazy, he's like, a jerk. A jerk. He's a mean, aloof jerk. So and Sean is not a jerk. He's, jerk. He's, he, Sean he, is like a party boy. Yeah, he's only, especially in the earlier seasons, he is only interested in having fun and being a playboy and like making other people just foolish as possible. Yeah. Not afraid to take his psychic 
like pretend his psychic abilities are there to just like make other people look a fool. Yeah, he really wants to use it as fun. Like the the what his oh, yeah. what his like you're saying like his borderline abusive father is is such a jerk and he does not want that feeling in his life i mean he gets he convinces his friend to join him because this is the they wanted to be private investigators when they were in middle school so like this like we've dreamed about this since we were kids so the other thing about him as we just said he or i just said he he's a rake on upon growing up he uh finds that it's very difficult to get or keep a job and spends most of his time using his skills to give the police anonymous tips so yeah okay. so sean is so so, so sean is our sherlock sean is sean our sherlock is, detective yes. and he's played right. by james roddy rodriguez and prior to this i i couldn't really find a whole lot about him so i'm not going to talk too much about him but his dr watson gus burton gus guster is played by dulay hill and hill is tv famous for his role on the west wing but he got his start on Broadway in the Tap Dance Kid, and wow. he understudied Savion Glover and went on to do the national tour. He also went on to do Bring In Denoy's Bring In Defunk on Broadway, and he has yes, he did. tons and tons of credits. Shakespeare, Emery Baraka's The Dutchman at the Cherry Lane Theater, which is a famous production. Their nemesis, their Lestrange. Lassiter, their Lassie, yeah. whom they call Lassie. Detective Carlson Lassiter is played by Timothy uh, Amundsen. Amundsen? I'm not sure I'm playing it. Uh, I'm not sure. He grows his hair out in recent days, in recent years, and plays a lot of really interesting characters like a king on, on Gallivant and a lot of hippie people. So it's really funny thinking about his very clean cut character right now when he, that he's playing in psych. He, he just, he becomes transformed with the beard and the hair. It's really funny. Then there's also a chief of police played by Kristen Nelson and the chief of police's name is Karen Vick. And then as we mentioned, Sean has a dad who's a policeman and that character has just moved back into town and he's very curmudgeonly. He's retired from the police force and he is played by Corbin Burnson, who is super famous as the hottie lawyer from LA Law, which played for a bunch of years. He has probably the most credits of any actor I've ever seen on IMDb. He has 229 acting credits, more recently in the faith and family genre. He is also the prima donna third baseman in Major League. What? Which what? Cleveland, that would be a nice shout out for you. And I just wanted to point out that the guest star in this episode, which is relevant because he play, he's going to be playing the uncle of DeLay Hill's character, is played by John Amos, who is a famous African-American actor known for two very huge roles, in, at least in my background. He played the dad in Coming to America, as well as James Evans Sr. in Good Times. And... He has an incredible comedy background. He was also on the Mary Tyler Moore show as a weatherman. He's been on shows The Love Boat, The A-Team, recently on The Last OG with Tracy Morgan. And his first show ever, he played the first salesman on the 1970s show called The Bill Cosby Show. Because Bill Cosby had like a million TV shows at one time or another. He was also on 11 episodes of the Tim Conway Comedy Hour. Anyway, so comedy legend playing the uncle of Dulay Hill in this episode. So skipping ahead, this episode logline is meat is murder, but murder is also murder. 
Sean and Gus investigate who poisoned a food critic. Gus's uncle Burton, played by John Amos, comes to town and tags along on the investigation, so Gus pretends to be a psychic. All right, so with all of that, let's watch the beginning and see who dies. Welcome back. Here we are. We have watched the teaser and a little bit of the first act, and there's some there's some foodie issues happening here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The wife, who is a big suspect, because he ate her chicken soup and then died. Well, this okay. So for the benefit of everybody who hasn't been watching the whole show with us here, here's what we've got so far. So okay. uh, first, Gus's uncle has come to town. Gus's uncle and the rest of Gus's family thinks that Gus is the psychic, so there's going to be many hijinks where Sean is making Gus pretend to be the psychic, including originally when they have to go to this new murder. So the murder in this episode, I have to say, was like two minutes into this episode, we had to keep watching a little bit longer because there was literally all we saw was Gus and Gus's uncle and we know it wasn't Gus's uncle. So we had to get just a little more context. So we kept watching a little bit more. But yeah, so Gus and Sean take Gus's uncle. What's Gus's uncle's name in this? Gus. Oh, uh, that's right. Burton. 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 Yes, Burton, who's very upset that Gus goes by Gus because he doesn't like Burton. But he is Burton. Yes. Uh, they take the, him to the crime scene, which he's very knowledgeable about going into because he's seen lots of Hill Street Blues and the Ghost Whisperer and Matlock. He knows what's going on. So they're at the house of the restaurant critic. He's dead and on the floor. Cops think the wife did it. They want the psychic to interview the wife to make get her in the clear. They go in the kitchen. They look around the kitchen. They can see that the wife is a horrible cook and that he mainly on takeout meals. When they say that the wife was a horrible cook, the wife has overheard them from the other room. She says, yes, you're right. I am a horrible cook. He rated me in everything. And they're like, everything, surely not everything. And she nods and just says, yes, I never broke two stars. Which, lady, you're better than that. You don't need to stay with a husband who only thinks you're worth two stars. That's <laughs> just not right. No. Cruel. It's cruel. It's horrible. So they, in, they interview her for a little bit. And then they walk out. And as they walk out, they notice that the corpse has a black tongue. Sean realizes, oh my goodness, he's poisoned. And that's where we stop. So there you go. The body has a black tongue. He's been poisoned. They don't know by who, but they don't think it was the wife. That's what we got. It's probably someone we haven't met yet, which means that this is not technically a fair play whodunit. I'm sorry. I know you hate that phrase, but we're going to do our best here, people. So here we go. Out of the whole town of Santa Barbara and all of the chefs therein that this critic has pissed off, who killed him? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if it was the restaurant that Gus and was taking his uncle to. Oh, that would be hilarious. Because they had reservations and then they got waylaid by this murder. By Sean. Yeah, they got waylaid by the murder and uh, Sean. Anyway, so, I mean, I think obviously it's going to be a restaurant. But my first inclination, because it was... The episode is called... Well, I have a couple of different takes on this, actually. It's a couple, exactly two. So... <laughs> that or, is, in fact, or, the definition of a oh, couple. Oh, no. You know what? It's three. It's oh, three. so you have a few. Um, yeah, I have a few. Few. So, All right. okay. The first one is, I think it's obvious. It, it has to be a restaurant person. 
like a restaurateur or somebody sure. who works at a restaurant. The thing is that it's the episode though is called Meat is Murder, but murder is also murder. So I wonder if he if this is a bag on vegan restaurants. Ooh, or they're dunking on some vegan restaurants, yeah, yeah. There's some sort of dunking on that situation. And so maybe there's like a vegan restaurateur that the food critic has really been a jerk to and so he gets murdered by, uh, like by a, a vegan restaurateur. Okay, so one vegan, vegan restaurateur. That yeah, well, that's two because the first is. It, oh well, yeah, I guess okay. Yeah, I guess that could be one. So I guess I just have two concepts. Okay, so uh, vegan restaurateur. And my second one is because I didn't really, I don't know, I wasn't thinking of like the whole thing, and I was wondering, and I saw his black tongue, but. He also seemed to have like a metal, like tooth thing. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I see, what's like it a called? Filling, filling or a retainer or something. And that's probably just him, the actor, yeah, the actor playing the filling. dead body. Sure. But I was like, oh, I wonder if it's something that the dentist did to him. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. So the, the dentist. Yeah, the dentist somehow poisoned him, and it seemed like it was. Uh, something related to the restaurant, but it was actually a dental thing. But that's completely wackadoodle and ridiculous. Which is honestly what we live for on this podcast. That's what I so thought. go go for wackadoodle so, and ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's what we have to hit. Okay, great. So that's good. I mean, I think you're right. Obviously, all signs are pointing towards a restaurant tour or someone that he has wronged. Maybe like maybe there's a caterer. Uh, I see. I'm thinking that I definitely think that food killed him. I mean, obviously, he was poisoned. So I think that food killed him. So I'm trying to think of all the different places and ways he like might have gotten poisoned. Like maybe he was this critic, but honestly, he just loved this hot dog stand down by the beach or something. And so one day he went to the hot dog stand and just caught a little E. coli. You know, maybe maybe yeah. that's what got him. So, or for that matter, like I just have I just get the sense that he liked dive foods. The, like dive restaurants like there he was a restaurant oh. critic and he was highfalutin and he had all this like superior taste buds but part of him really loved just a dive restaurant yeah so, like some fries exactly because the doctor supposedly the wife did say that the doctor gave him a, a sort of bad diagnosis yeah bad, bad health diagnosis he needed to eat more healthy healthy so she was going to have him eat healthy once a week once a week which right was supposed yes to make a difference mm. <laughs> So maybe the thing is, is that it's not all the rich, fancy foods that he's eating. It's all the fries and the right. burgers. It's all the something. fries and the burgers. Or, and this is the other thing, like there was, uh, like maybe it was some kind of like, just like junk food from like 7-Eleven that he eats. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was like the bag of pork <laughs> rinds. It was the combos. It was the combos. Don't you malign my combos. Don't you, don't you malign my combos. <laughs> okay, fine. It's the Flaming Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go with Flaming Cheetos. I can live with Flaming Cheetos being the weapon of mass repute. Uh, ill repute. Mass destruction. There we go. So we have to we have to hone this in a little bit and get to like get to some real guessing. So we've talked about all these things. Is there something completely out of left field? Like maybe it doesn't have anything to do with food whatsoever. Like maybe he pissed off like a seafood supplier or something like that. Or maybe maybe he like his medication was wrong 
or he just stayed out in the sun too long and his tongue burned. I, I don't know. We knew. I think we should come up with something that is so completely not related to food at all, just in case. You know what? I take that back. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to overthink this too well, much. Well, I said dentist, so that's my contribution. Okay, you're what right. What are you, you going to say? Uh, that's that's where we throwing are. it back at me. Yeah. Okay, so if I had to go completely out of left field, what killed him with a black tongue? And you know, this is, seems so one and done. Like they're just going to go interview all of the last people that he. Yeah, that's ate, what I'm saying. The last like places it, it, that he ate, and it's an hour long show, right? Right. And so the, it, it it does seem like oh well, this there's is obvious. Some kind of twist. Turn. Yeah. Yeah. So is he having an affair with the licorice woman <laughs> or or the candy lady? The candy lady, the licorice woman. What, what are all the character, characters in Candyland? The, the princess. I can't, is she the frosting princess? She's like the, the frosting candy queen or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's got to be one more twist besides just food. Having an affair with. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe he's having an affair. You know what? I am going back. I'm going to go back to the wife. I'm going back to the wife. And I don't think that the wife poisoned him. So that when she said, I didn't poison him, she was telling the truth. Except that there's so many more opportunities for the wife. Okay, let's not go back to the wife. But maybe there's an affair and he wouldn't leave his wife for the lady he was having an affair with. Um, Or he's a minor. a he's minor? a miner, and he's going out into like the California hills. Yes, he's going out into the California oh. hills and sp- searching for gold, gold or silver, and all these chemicals are interacting in his oh. body. And he's oh. he's eating the beef jerky, and something in the beef jerky and the hardtack that, as he does over the weekend, has combined in his body oh. and killed him because he's a gold miner. Oh, cool! He's an actual uh, literal gold digger. Interesting. They do live in kind of a nice house. One of those. Uh, what is it with these shows and them thinking that like people who write for local newspapers must be loaded? <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> they can afford a very show. lovely house in Santa Barbara. Yeah, that house. What's that style called uh, again? I wasn't looking hard. Arts and crafts. Yeah, it's an art. It was an arts and it crafts home. House. It was basically. You know what that set was? <laughs> <laughs> what was the set? Uh, I Zombie. <laughs> that, that, it looked exactly like the house in I Zombie. <laughs> it's probably just. Standard. Yeah, probably your uh, standard. Uh, standard Vancouver home. Or, yes, <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> I had another idea, but I like your minor idea, and but it's gone clean out of my head. So. All right. Well, so are we dentists so, or minors? Dentists or minors? Is that what we're, we're locking in? Possibly an affair. Possibly an affair. Uh, and oh, oh, I I remember what my idea was. My idea was that the cold open is a a little flashback of Sean and Dulé. Well, we don't know that Dulé is there, but when they were younger, Sean, Sean supposedly, pre- Sean presents actor. his father, Sean the, the character, and the actor Gus, right, the character Gus, presents some muffins to Corbin Burnson, the, who plays the dad, the, the dad, and, say, and Sean says that he made them. And then the dad's like, "Oh, what? What is this? What is this recipe?" And There's some Sean, cilantro in here, and yeah, Sean's like, "Yes, absolutely, because it's all the dangers of lying. Because once you lie, you have to yeah, keep lying." Yeah, and so he has to keep lying. But it turns out that Gus made the right. the muffins, and it's all just to help Sean get on his dad's good side, so, so that because he's grounded, so that he can go see RoboCop. 
Anyway, so dangers of lying. So I wonder, like you said, along the same lines, that the wife honestly did not kill her husband, but somehow she's involved in it. She's lying in some other way. Yeah. Or he, the food critic, is lying in some special way. So the food critic is dead, though. So how would the food critic be lying? I don't know. I don't know, but he's lying. You think the food critic is lying? I'm just saying how... Could how this could lying, whole, how could the theme the of lying theme of come lying through this? Weave through this beyond the obvious thing that Gus is lying to his uncle that he and his whole mother's side of the family that he's a psychic. Or maybe it is the wife. The wife started having an affair with a chef trying to learn how to cook better for him, mm. ended up learning that she was in love with the chef. The chef decided he was going to kill the husband food slash food critic and starts seeing the wife. Oh. That's, and the wife is just broken up because she's like, I didn't kill him, but she still feels guilty because she knows it was the restaurateur. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have to choose one or can I, like, can both of those be my two guesses? He's either a gold miner or there's a jealous (laughs) chef. (laughs) Of the two of those, I'm going to go with jealous chef. I'm going to go with jealous chef. Yeah. Uh, I think, I just want to point out though, since again, it totally looks like a chef killed him. I just want to point out that the important bit on this is that the chef was having an affair with the wife and that's why the chef killed him. That's, that's my little spin on this. Or if it does turn out that he was a gold miner, I'm, I'm just frankly, I'm going to claim that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm So if you're doing that, then I have my backup of the dentist. Right. Having killed him. But my first guess is that it was a vegan restaurateur. So you you were going a vegan restaurateur who was upset with the who was upset with the reviews, and I'm going with passionate chef having an affair with the wife. Yeah. So we're both talking about chefs. We're both talking about chefs. We're just it's motive it's motive that we're differentiating on here. Yeah, I think there's a a meat situation there's a meat here. Situation. So they did show when they were glancing around the kitchen trying to figure out the psychic questions sure, about right. the wife. Sure, right. All the Sherlock she, Holmes observation moment. Yeah. They showed some raw chicken out, which yes. is weird. Why, if she made chicken soup, why is the chicken out on the counter raw? That's weird. She's I mean, a bad chef. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't even chicken soup. Anyway, I think we have our guesses. There we go. All right. We'll be back after we watch the episode. We're back. Here we are. Yay. We uh, we have made our guesses. We have seen who's done it. Now it's time to let you know who did it. Here we go, people. The rapid fire give recap of the rest the of summary, the show. Jacob. Here, here it comes. Here we go. So they leave the house with the dead reviewer and the black tongue. They go back to the office where Sean comes in and says, ha ha, Candy couldn't make his tongue black because he went and tried all the lollipops. Oh, that's Sean. He's a rascal. But he doesn't know what could make his tongue black when Gus says that it was bismuth, you know, kind of Pepto-Bismol. He was poisoned. So that's fine. 
But now they have to convince the uncle that Gus is still the psychic. So they do this game of charades, and P.S. Gus is horrible at charades. They go to the police station to tell the cops that Wagner was poisoned, and now Sean really has to lay it on thick because they've got to convince Uncle Burton Burton. that Gus is still the psychic without letting anybody else know that they're lying. So it's even more craziness, and Sean starts talking in tongues, and Gus is still bad at charades. But they do convince them that the guy was poisoned. While the police decide to check out the tox reports, Gus and Sean decide to go check out the last restaurant that he was at, figuring that that must have... Right, the reviewer was at. That must have been where he was poisoned. So they go to the restaurant. The restaurateur is surprised to see them. You just did a surprise inspection. Fine, whatever. Because they pretend to be... Right, they pretend to be health inspectors. Health inspectors. Yes. And as they're inspecting the kitchen, they discover how the restaurateur cuts his mushrooms in big, long strips. That will be important. Anyways, they're there, and as they're there, the cops show up, and they arrest the restaurateur, which is a lovely thing to say. All of you just hit pause and say, arrest the restaurateur. Anyways, (laughs) uh, they arrest the restaurateur because they found out that Wagner was poisoned by mushrooms. He ate there. There were were mushrooms in in the takeout food. Clearly, the restaurateur did it. Sean doesn't believe it. He couldn't because the mushrooms in the risotto were cut into squares, and this chef cuts his mushrooms in strips. Yes, which Sean remembers from being at the house and opening up the refrigerator and seeing the takeout box that was on the top. Right, and being doing his like, ooh, I see everything kind of thing. But there's more because, of course, it wasn't the restaurateur. So... Sean doesn't think that the restaurateur was the killer, and Gus doesn't want the investigation to end because his uncle, his famously grumpy uncle, who didn't even like a trip to the Super Bowl in a helicopter, is actually liking Gus's investigation and having a fun time on vacation. So they decide to go to the newspaper, where the editor-in-chief blows them off, but Wagner's assistant shows them a file of all the places they've eaten and all the hate mail they've gotten because Wagner was a harsh, harsh critic. They decide they have to visit all the restaurants that he panned, so they montage and go eat whole bunches of food, and it doesn't matter. None of them, they discovered, obviously, that none of these restaurateurs could have killed Wagner. They were all too busy making a restaurant happen. So the only other thing they can think of is that this is the best job in the world, going and eating out every night, that somebody at the newspaper wanted his job. So they have to go back there to investigate. And the best way to investigate at the newspaper is for Sean to get a job writing horoscopes. That's right, he's an astrologist now too. Anyways, so they're there at the newspaper. Sean impresses everyone. Is it astrologist or astrologer? That is a good question. Astrologist, astrologer, somebody tell us in the comments. Yeah. We don't have comments. Send us a carrier pigeon. We'll take the carrier pigeon. (laughs) Anyways, as they're there trying to figure out who wants the job, hat tip, not a hat tip, pro tip, everybody at the newspaper wants the job. Apparently there are a hundred people who have applied for the job. While they're doing that, the editor-in-chief's assistant walks by trying to impress the editor-in-chief that he would be so good at being a restaurant reviewer by reviewing Flaming Cheetos. It's very funny. He's got orange dust all over his mouth. Anyways, 
They don't have time to interview the dozens of people who want the job. They want to talk to a mushroom farmer because, of course, that way they'll find out who grew these poisonous mushrooms and gave them to the killer and find out who the killer was. So they go interview Mr. Mooney and try to figure out if he can remember what the guy looked like. The only problem is Mr. Mooney is totally tripping balls. He remembers, yes. yeah, I remember the dude. He was six feet tall and the sun was coming out of his mouth and he had a hippo for a hand. All of which is very funny in the moment, but it turns out we're actually clues. Yes, so they decide they couldn't do it. They go back to the office and Sean's grumpy dad is waiting for him there. Because it turns uncle. out. No, grumpy. Sean's grumpy dad. Oh yes, Sean's yes. So you're dad. right. The uncle is also grumpy, but Sean's yes. dad is Sean's dad is Sorry, the original grump. No, no, it's good. Yeah. So he's there and he's like, "Look." So apparently, Sean's horoscopes have been incredibly specific, including one made out to his dad to have him bring back the BB that he borrowed. So his dad does, and it's just like, "Look, if you want something, just be upfront and ask for it," and also mentions the veggie burger incident. What, what, what? Apparently, there was this incident a little earlier where a vegan vigilante organized a protest because Antonio's, the fancy restaurant, was using beef broth in their veggie burger to make it taste better. And that woman is a threat to society and she needs to be locked up and she's doing a protest over at a fast food burger joint. So they figure it must have been this person. She's in it to win it and kill the people, so that's what must have happened. They go to the burger joint she to arrest She had him. it out for Antonio, right. the she restaurateur, had... who was arrested in right. the very first, you know, first right. scene, the... scene that we mentioned. Right. Yeah, somewhere between yeah, so... Act 1 and Act 2. So but she they kills figured... Wagner and then... And pins it on the restaurateur. Yeah, that's the thing at that him. point, that yes, she yeah. came in, but killed But it's not true, because she has locked herself... She has been chained, chained to a post at the at restaurant. The, at the burger restaurant, and it's widely publicized, so she couldn't possibly have uh, yes. done any murder. But not before Gus has bragged that he solved the case to his uncle. So now they don't know who did it. Uncle Burton is no longer happy with Gus. Every, things look bleak for our heroes, people. Back at the police station, though, we learn about a homeless man who died after eating mushrooms. And the homeless guy found the mushrooms on the street across from the newspaper, boosting the opinion that somebody at the newspaper did it. Right. But they've got no evidence. They've got no clues. All they know is that a tall six-foot man did it. But, oh well. They decide they need to just take Uncle Burton back to the airport. And as they're doing it, he says, You know, I can't find my new hippo shirt. And everyone's like, What? And it turns out there's this crazy new shirt fad with a hippo on the cuff of the thing. So all of a sudden, Sean's like, oh my God, there's a hippo for a hand. And oh my God, the sun was coming out of his mouth. I know who did this. Turn the car around. And they do. They go back to the newspaper office where Sean confronts, you ready for it? Are you ready for it, you humble listeners? The... Editor-in-chief's assistant. Why? 
because he had flaming Cheetos in a ring around his mouth that were all orange and it looked like the sun coming out of his mouth and he wore a shirt with a hippo on the cuff. There you go. After confronting him about all this, he cracks like an egg. See what I did there? Ah. And the good guys win the day. Gus isn't extraordinarily happy. Burton is happy. And Sean has done his thing. There you go. That's what it is. At the end of the day, it wasn't because of a gold farmer. A gold farmer. (laughs) I'm going to farm me some gold. No, it wasn't because of any gold mining. It wasn't because of a vegan restaurant, vegan chef. It wasn't because of a dentist. It's none of these things. It was the editor-in-chief's assistant who wanted wanted a new job. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in case you're scoring at home, that's uh, zero points for either of us. That's a loss. That's a loss for both of us. (laughs) Coming out of the gate strong. It was a fun episode. I liked the episode. It was, uh, Psych seems like a really good show. We've watched a few episodes now to get ready for this. And then, of course, we just watched this one. So, I don't know. I dig it. I like Psych. I'd give, I'd give it another chance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. All right. You know what this is. What is Ladies it? and gentlemen, it's time for IMDB Corner with Jessica. You gave us the breakdown of most of the cast and Gus the guest star. I keep calling him Gus. He's Burton. Gus is named for him. In any event, you gave us all the rundown of the main people of the show. What other IMDb tidbits have you unearthed? So the guy who did it, the... The executive assistant the, to the editor-in-chief. The newspaper. Yes. He, he is named Christopher Jacot or Jaco. I'm not sure. Anyway, he was in Eureka. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, and then also the actress who plays Mrs. Wagner, the food critic's wife. Right, the uh, put-upon, long-suffering wife. Um, also was in Eureka, but I, I think it might have been just a guest role Fair that she had. A lot of Canadian actors in this Filmed in Vancouver, in makes sense. Yeah. Lots of little parts, um, sure. And Juno Rinaldi played Kat, and I think she was one of the restaurateurs that they interview, and she has the great desserts that they enjoy. Oh, yeah, 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 they have an amazing tiramisu or something Um, in the montage. She has a a fantastic resume, lots of interesting stuff, and then the woman that played the vegan The vegan protester, protester, yes. Meat um, is murder. Agarm Darshi is originally from Birmingham, England, moved to Montreal with her family, and now she resides in L.A., She's worked internationally with many different uh, directors and is the recipient of the Illustrious Film Independent Project and was named one of the stars to watch in 2016 at the Whistler Film Festival. And she's an activist for race equality in the media and co-founded the International South Asian Film Festival. And the festival focuses on bridging the gap between South Asian talent and mainstream audiences by breaking down stereotypes and expanding North American views on South Asian culture. Uh, she is a traveler and a lifelong vegetarian. So great role for her. Um, Perfect. But the I vegan to, was actually vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to highlight her support of South Asian filmmakers. Right, like actual, you know, something of substance as opposed to, isn't this neat? I mean, don't get me wrong, it is neat, but <laughs> she's more than just a vegetarian. So yeah, moving into other segments here. Sure. I think Logic Cop gets a pass this week. I don't think there was anything completely egregious. I mean, there's all sorts of that lovely flimsy stuff. It's just like, well, 
you cut your mushrooms differently than these mushrooms were cut, so clearly you can't be the murderer. Like, I was yeah. all around that kind of yeah. stuff. Oh, I think that you did mention something. I mean, it's a little, yeah, it's picky Yoon, but... Hey, Logic Cop is nothing if not here for the picky Yoon. <laughs> I, I can't remember if you mentioned this in the recording, that TV writers or production designers always seem to think that people who work in newspapers or journalists have really nice homes, particularly uh, food critics. And we all know for a fact that that is not the case. <laughs> yes. Food critics are just as poor. Just as, as poor as the rest of the journalists <laughs> with newspapers who are all going away. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. Yeah. That was a gorgeous home that they lived in. Oh my that goodness. beautiful so, arts and crafts. I'm pretty sure we talked about that earlier. But we might have. That's definitely a logic cop right. type of thing. And the fact that it, it would be true that everybody would want that job. Yes, if, absolutely. If the hundred percent rest, if the newspaper is paying, right for it. And I also love their like Aaron Sorkin walk and talk moment, where like Sean was following the editor in chief around the newspaper office. He was like, "Give me those words. Send it straight here. Sign off on this. Go, go, go." <laughs> yes. All they needed was Catherine Hepburn, and then they have a nineteen thirties talkie. See. Totally. They they tried. I don't they feel tried. like they kind of, they, they nailed it, but. It, it was fun. It, it was, was a lot of they fun. were getting there. And that editor-in-chief was, he was, he was doing the Lord's work. Yes. And I do always enjoy when they have pitch meetings in, or they, they depict pitch meetings in newspapers, uh, in newspaper sure. conference rooms, just because there's all kinds of crazy stuff and it's always like the variety of people that they choose you know like all the different extras right all the different extras. In, this, in this one one of the extras got called out because he looked like he just had to go to the bathroom there was a scene where sean had to prove that he was a psychic and good enough to do the astrology the horoscopes and so he went in and just like used his powers of observation to tell little bits of info about everybody that no one but a psychic could have known including the fact that one guy had to go to the bathroom <laughs> It's a weird show. It's a funny show. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. I mean, you know, okay, so people who are listening to this may not understand this hippopotamus thing, and I just want to clarify that the hippopotamus is like Izod. Like the, right, the yeah, it's alligator. just the embroidered logo. Yeah. In this case, it's, it's a, a hippo, patch. and it's on like the cuff yeah. of a and shirt or the breast chest, of a shirt. The breast, yeah, it's on your cuff. Yeah. Or, well, there were some shirts. There were other, it was in different places. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just the Izod brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the hippopotamus instead of an alligator. Um, and we all know that the hippopotamus is actually the deadliest animal in Africa. So, you know, apropos for a murder show. Oh. Yeah. Hey, I did not know These that. are things I learned by watching The Amazing Race. Actually, I'm not sure I learned that from The Amazing Race, but... <laughs> Hey, before we go, what are we watching next week? Oh, let's spin the wheel. Time to spin the big wheel. A random number between 1 and 47 is 35. Waking the Dead. All right. Waking the Dead, which I know nothing about. I know somebody has recommended it to us, but I know nothing about it. I look forward to learning about it and making some wild-ass guesses. See you next time. See you next time.
don't think there was any particular pandemic trigger warning, although seeing them go out to restaurants Oh was... my gosh, seeing people in restaurants just like <laughs> eating in, yeah. a public in a public space, eating, for that matter, eating someplace that isn't your dining room, uh, luxurious, yeah. so luxurious. That was really wonderful to yeah. look at.